0: We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognize their continuing connection to land, waters, and culture. We pay our respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging. This is Cheryl from Jajawarong Country. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 158 of the Beyond 90 podcast. It's just the two of us on this lovely evening because everyone else is getting ready for another massive game between the Matildas and Canada in Melbourne. But before that, we've got to cover the week in the Women's World Cup action for all of you. And joining me on the podcast is Magella Card. And Madge, we have just witnessed an incredible game between Germany and Colombia, which we will get onto in a moment. But just briefly, your thoughts on what's just happened?
1: Oh, look, I'm just going to say like, but where the hard... Core cool ones. We're also getting ready for Australia versus Canada, <laughs> yes. but we're the hardcore ones. who we're still doing the still doing the podcast. But um, yes, I'm in Melbourne in the hotel room. Uh, very excited for tomorrow. Um, yeah, but so much has happened. It's like I, I don't know how this is going to go because I think I'm gonna be yeah. pulling memories out of the brain of, of what's been happening over the past week, but it's been great fun having football every day. So let's
0: get into it so have i it's just um yeah but we were discussing before and i i don't know how to do a a quick mental run sheet because i really don't know where to start with everything that's happened but that's the best thing about uh hosting a world cup but before we get to the women's world cup action we have to talk about today's featured matilda and it's cap 158 and she's been on this podcast. She's been a star for both Canberra United and Canberra Croatia. She's one of the many Matildas who made her debut against Hong Kong in 2007. She's played overseas, and perhaps most importantly to this podcast, she wants to replace me because I was getting a tattoo. And, <laughs> and which tattoo? Yep, that one. It's Grace Gill. Of um, Canberra United and Canberra Croatia fame, and yeah, just um, I think she's gone into the consciousness a lot more recently because of all the wonderful media work uh, that yes. she's doing with quite quite a few outlets. She's involved, I think, with Channel Seven for the for the World Cup, isn't she, Madge? Yes, it's. Uh, and then yep. then we've heard her, of course, on you know all kinds of dub uh, coverage. She was co coms for the 2022 NPL New South Wales Grand Final. And also um, actually did got involved with some play by play work, the kind of the number one commentator if that makes sense during the most recent dub season filling in at short notice and doing a great job as well so she's so multi talented and kind of a shame that we don't have the Canberra cohort. Um, so the uh, Dale or Stefan to kind of help us with that, but uh, Madge, do you have any like real memories of uh, grace as a uh, during her playing days.
1: Yeah, um, not so much the playing days. It's probably more that that commentary mm. side that that pops to mind. I remember when she first came on board, and that was I think she, I mean, she clearly was probably starting with commentating Canberra games, mm. It was just such a breath of fresh air, just um, wonderfully, you know, descriptive, but also measured and like not over the top and. Yeah, just, just, yeah, like I've loved her as a commentator uh, and uh, really enjoyed her insights on the game.
0: Yeah, and um, yeah, I think her time at Canberra United is a bit before my time as a WOSO fan, but thanks to Sefan and his wonderful NPL Capital Football Reports, I do have uh, learned a lot about her shooting ability and how that's um, helped Canberra Croatia win a lot of games and her. And I think, um, Brittany Palombi being kind of the twin terrorist for CCFC down there in the nation's capital. And yeah, just um, yeah, just, uh, Grace Gill and Russ Gibbs is a commentary duo that I think is hard to beat in Australian football. And so I think that's great, even though there's, as of course, as we want the sport to grow, there will be newer fans and maybe we don't remember her playing, but we do remember all, we will know all her brilliant media work. And we hope that that continues. But now on to the tournament Grace is covering and we have to go back to... Oh, actually, no, my, my bad. Sorry. Let's start. I think, unfortunately, we've got to do the post-mortem of this one, being an Australian football podcast. So, Australia 2, Nigeria 3. Ah, <sighs> dear. Um, that, do you want to go first, Madge? Because I've got a lot of thoughts, but maybe yeah, well, you, Felix, you can I'll, be more I'll, subtle.
1: I'll, No, I'll go first because, honestly, I was at the game, up, up Australian and um, singing my heart out, um, banging on the drum all game. So, uh, and I have not rewatched the game. I just mm. haven't been able to bring myself to do it mm. yet. So I have no tactical insights. Um, I think probably the 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 main like um, well one I'm just so disappointed that this happened in Brisbane. It was like it, we we had such a wonderful lead up to the game. The the pub was rocking. We had a fun march down Caxton Street. Um, everyone was in really high spirits. Um, but then, yeah, and you know, scored the first goal, but that goal right before half time, um, such a bummer. <laughs> it's just an absolute, mm-hmm. it was like, oh, why do we like with seconds to go, uh, to concede that sort of goal? It was very, um, I don't know, it was just pretty sloppy. And but even at half time, I was kind of thinking they're going to be fuming in the, um, in the change rooms themselves about conceding that goal. So I thought, you know, that surely they, they should, you know, get their act together and be like, you know, be able to come out, but yeah, Nigeria, like were absolutely fantastic. And, um, but yeah, when those second and third goals went in, it was um, not great vibe and like every, like, but like I, I don't really have much tactical insight <laughs> because I was busy banging the drum, but yeah, mm. um, the main thing that was going around our end is where are the subs? And I think that's what, where a lot of the uh, conversation has been online that I've seen uh, post-mortem as well. Uh, you know, why wasn't Alex Chidiak brought on earlier? Let's uh, change things up. And it do, it did seem like at the end of the game, we, we were doing, <laughs> we had seen the Alana Kennedy upfront tactic before we had seen that tried in a few games in a few friendly games previously Oh, but it didn't seem like it was a, for a short period of time. It was an extended period of time, and it was just it was it was odd. But I, I, I don't know if you got anything more insightful than than me. Other than just uh, we, we we were pretty despondent in the stands, but you know we were trying to uh, you know make noise and uh, bring the team home.
0: Yeah, I, I was watching this uh, from the FIFA Fan Festival in Perth, and yeah, just it, it was very deflating I thought in the first half um Australia had looked a little bit unsettled when Nigeria attacked and that looked yeah, obviously that was no better demonstration than the equalizing goal and just yeah they they didn't stop being unsettled and I think I was there yeah. I nothing to add and um shout out to all the people lucky enough to be in my Twitter circle who got shall we say less filtered thoughts than what I'll be providing now but yes things needed to change um uh, yeah, the, the, I think the subs needed to come early and Alex she had great impact when she came on. So let's hope she is plays more minutes against Canada. Cause I suspect that Australia will need it, but oh yeah, I was also Kennedy up front. I was just, I, I remember being thoroughly unimpressed when that was tried for 15 minutes against Indonesia. I think it was in the Asian cup. And I, I've not been, I I've not been more impressed like now that I've seen it, in, in in a in a crucial game, I just, yeah, just, I felt like if I was Nigeria, that's what I would want because I think those balls are easier to defend. And, and although Alana did end up scoring off a, cor- uh, off a corner kick, it was just, yeah, just, this wasn't it. Of course, that goal, pulling the margin back to, pulling it back to 3-2, that could yet be very important depending yeah, on how the rest yeah. of the game shakes out. So all is not lost, but yeah, just, um it's, it's a very uh, nervous situation for everyone. And hopefully we get this published so at least some people can watch that before Australia, Canada. But yeah, it's just, uh, it's um, yeah, very kind of, everyone's like that gritty, gritted teeth emoji. People post when they're nervous and yeah, just, oh um, uh, dear. It's just real you know, things we were hoping, I think we were hoping Australia would build after a narrow loss. And now it's just yeah, pretty much must win territory. Unless my girls in green do you all a favour, but well, there
1: there is that. But I think, and I think the other thing is, is when I was going into the game, like my my thoughts were, and and again, I mean Nigeria were great, like they they, they you know they they played a really good game, and but when we have these players on the bench, and and that that's where my thinking was. Okay, yeah, sure, Sam Kerr is injured, um, Mary Fowler's out with concussion. Okay, that's not great. But we have all of the, these other players that have been performing. So it's like where are some of those other players who have had you know great form is is probably where some of that disappointment's coming with with the lack of subs uh, towards the the back end of the game where you know clearly sort of things weren't going our way. Uh, so I guess so that's the questions. It's been sort of like analyzed to death. Uh, and like I said, I haven't really watched I haven't, I haven't I have not gone back to watch back the game, but um Hopefully whatever lessons need to be learned are being learnt very quickly uh, by the analysis team there. And um, we're ready for calendar. And yes, yeah. would love, would love a um a nice handy win from Ireland to help us out. Come on. We've yes. always loved your Ireland.
0: Yeah. De- yes, <laughs> yeah, we, I, you we, we do appreciate your support. Um I, I did, I've already um post on Twitter like the most skin of the teeth scenario possible, which is a nil all draw between Australia and Canada and Ireland winning 2-0, which would take Australia through at Nigeria's expense on goal difference. I don't I don't know. But, but it, there's it,
1: other people who can do the oh, round, no. round, round, it, round it, because it. I cannot be bothered. I cannot yes. be bothered. I just I just go to the to the people who can and I just go what yeah. what what, what has to happen and how because yes. I can't <laughs>
0: yeah it's a very good point i mean and it, it's uh high it uh, maths is hard at the best of times and especially <laughs> in high stress situations such as this but of course uh, on to the other game in uh, uh the other uh, game that we've seen in group b which is canada two, republic of ireland one in perth now you might think that you would start with my takes because i was at the stadium but no i want i would like madge to go first with her particular canada and republic of ireland story because i think it's great
1: well, yeah, we had a fun time. So we were still in Brisbane and we thought, oh, okay, let's just like put it out there that we're going go to go to a pub. We go- went to the pub in Brisbane uh, to watch the game. Uh, and of course, it, Katie McKay um, kicking off the scoring with a wonderful Olympico. Everybody loves an Olympico. I'm sure Marissa Lordanic was like, <laughs> jumping out of their skin. Um, but one person who was jumping out of their skin when that happened was a woman down a few tables from us at the pub in Brisbane. And we're pretty sure it was Katie McCabe's mum. So um that rumor started going around, and then we started like looking up photos and like, no, that is Katie McCabe's mum. So Katie's Katie McCabe's mum was in the pub watching the island game. I'm not sure why she wasn't in Perth, but, Um, fun times there were a bunch of Irish fans or a a few Canadian fans and then a bunch of Aussie fans um, cheering for a draw which we did not get because of course Canada came back with a 2-1 win so uh, it has made our group extremely interesting now so if you're neutral and not us I'm sure people are loving watching uh, our our group play out (laughs) while we are sitting here yes with that gritted teeth emoji but yeah fun fun game I think Ireland looked good but I think yeah Canada did seem to sort of yeah get a bit of momentum there in, in the second half and and <coughs> were looking quite strong but at the same time it's like I, I, some friends have said this and I sort of agree like Canada don't look infallible at all so mm. going into our do our don't. game against them I, I it, it's not something that feels at all impossible and and we and we do have the players that on our day when we click and we go well we we you know we, we can beat anyone so uh you know hopefully we can do that tomorrow
0: yes and uh yeah so i was at uh the, the stadium in perth i was um right behind I was had the perfect view for the Katie McCabe Olympico and sitting next to the woman that has since gone viral, Megan Borg, for filming the, the Olimpico going in and then having about 47 billion views, I think, by the, the last time we checked. <laughs> it's, gone, it's not her own tweet. Um, Also, all the quote tweets and the views from that, etc. And uh, I'm actually moderately surprised that Thief hasn't taken it down yet. Good. They've, hopefully, they've got better things to... They finally discovered that they have better things to worry about, like making us take labels off water bottles before we bring them into the stadiums Anyway, onto the game. I think yeah, Ireland got killed by a goal just before halftime, just like Australia did uh, that, that Megan Conley own goal. So unfortunate, just took it off, um, took it and took it away from Louise who was going to clear it. Like she'd cleared everything else. And then, but yeah, this, uh, the second goal was um, uh, by Canada it ended up being, the winner very nice in its construction, although I mean, Dale was did make it made a very good point in one of my group chats that that, um, <clears throat> Megan Connolly's body positioning not the best for that goal and I did make the point Megan Connolly normally a midfielder and she's had to play in central defense because Aoife Mannion got injured and wasn't uh wasn't going to be fit in time for the tournament and of course um yeah and injuries have um hurt Ireland as you know our mate Megan Campbell who can throw, throw a ball to the moon okay. obviously that the, the tournament I think might have come out a little bit differently if those two had been um available but it is what it is uh, I'm so glad I got to see the girls in green choice and I'm going to get to see them one more time but they tried Kira Karusa um you know had was really dangerous especially in the first half and I think had a pretty decent chance in the second half as well but yeah just um those goals yes yeah, Ireland have always had trouble uh I think scoring goals so I think possibly disappointing for myself and for the Irish fans perhaps not totally surprising given the strength of uh the opponents um, and yeah, so that that's group B done now on to, I think the first, the first incredibly and possibly surprisingly loud game of two we're going to talk about, which is one we were both at and It was actually great to have a catch up with you and all the other Matilda's active support people, um, before France versus Brazil, but yes, France two, Brazil one, and you'd, you'd almost call this an away win for France, given what the atmosphere was like, I think.
1: Oh, absolutely! I mean, Caxton Street was absolutely oh, pumped my before the game. It was it was little Brazil um, <laughs> in Brisbane, uh, big South American community. I'm sure there was a lot lots of um, travelers coming to, for the game as well. But absolutely, Brazil were the dominant fan base for for the game around the stadiums. And what an atmosphere! It's just it was you know so fantastic. Uh, we uh hopped into one of the bars. There was there was one bar which will remain nameless that was still on Caxton Street on game day being very stubborn and still showing AFL on all of their screens. Um, But um pretty much all of the other bars uh were showing uh the the other Sweden Italy game. So we went in there and uh sort of watched that pre-game. But yeah the game itself I'm so glad from a neutrals point of view I was wearing my Brazil shirt. Cause I thought I'm going to just go along with the crowd here, but from a neutral point of view, I'm really glad France turned up to play because after their first game, like they were really disappointing, I think against, um, against Jamaica, but they looked much better in this game. Mm. Uh, and who doesn't love a, a Wendy Renard oh. uh, header, winner header, not just a header goal, but a header winner mm. to, um to grab the game in. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't call it hostile, but yeah, absolutely that sort of away game atmosphere for them. So I think they they they'll take some great confidence out of that win. Hmm. Brazil just couldn't seem to um, get like I'm not sure what the stats were. I might just actually bring them up, but I feel like they didn't have a heap of shots on goal. So, yeah, hmm. so they had 11 to France's 19. So I guess it wasn't that that um, that much disparity. Two on target to France's seven on target. So that yeah, that kind of like sits with how I felt the game went. It's like I, I think France were much better in defense and um and Brazil just yeah couldn't find that sort of cutting edge in in the in the final third, to sort of really break through um, very much. What what do you think, Eric?
0: Yeah, it's just um. Firstly, I loved uh, Kadisha to Diani's knockdown for the journeyless Amir opener. Apologies to I think or Dale and other people who know how to pronounce those names properly. But easy for Diani to go straight for goal, but the 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 header back across goal often causes havoc, and it was very clever stuff there. And yes, I, I from my seats I was I think the fifth row and right uh, near the core near the corner where from where France would end up setting the winner for Wendy Renard and so firstly I bottled my chance to emulate Megan by going viral because I was ch- charging my phone at the time because I mean it's a long story I ended up I did posted a work graphic from Suncock Stadium at a women's world cup game pretty much just to say that that's something that I've done so I actually did my man the United job <laughs> in France versus Brazil or some of it anyway but um yeah just I yeah, we love a Wendy Renard goal. I love the celebrations, walking up. The Brazilian fans were jeering, obviously, as they were. There was like a little... I love the cheekiness from one of the French players. Apologies, name escapes me. But, you know, holding the badge, giving it a bit of a wind-up. They really liked... Um, They really liked... Almost like France were feeding off the reaction of the Brazilian yeah. fans. And, yeah, just... Uh, I think you're right. France were you know, really... I think the two, yeah, they probably I mean it's tight one, but I deserve two on victory. I, I echo your thoughts about them being kind of better in the build-up play. And uh really just <clears throat> Brazil, well, obviously they've still got a chance, but you know, like I've looked at the group. They now have to beat Jamaica, do they not? Because they are third in the group and and it, I also it's not look, really don't same. go
1: to me for the round robin math, but yeah, I'm looking at it. I mean it it's yeah, it's it's interesting. Like Ram robin's always like they always surprised me. Like apparently, like like teams where you think they've completely bombed, like Korea still have a chance, mm-hmm. to make it through after losing the first two games. So that that boggles my mind. But you know, math.
0: <laughs> yes, yes math, and yeah, just I mean I think it was a privilege to be there. I'm so I'm so glad that don't think it's worked out this way so that I could uh, watch such a watch such a game and yeah, just um. Yeah, great, great to see all of you as well, and I think that's you know the joy of the World Cup and uh, what it can bring. Just um, you know, as I think I said, I'm sure I said this at some point a pod pre-tournament, the opportunity to see teams you don't wouldn't normally see, and I think we all enjoyed that. Now, speaking of teams we don't normally see, let's go to the game that's just finished as of the time of recording. Germany one, Colombia two. A game that's equally was equally as loud by all reports from uh, my friends who are at the game. And also I think just actually like possibly a little bit of a PSA before we get delve into the action, I think. Also Megan Borg once again, just um, tweeted out the suggestion, um, if you've got kids, Perhaps bring headphones or the little the little ones because the noise at these packed stadiums, especially with kind of the passionate Latin American crowds, might be a bit too much for them. And I think she did tweet that it was a bit too much for the kids near her near her. So perhaps that might be a solution. Also for people that like have sensory issues, I do have friends in that that describe that and um that you know have to take these necessary precautions. But yeah, just maybe a bit of a word of warning because perhaps um. It's something that I think caught me out a little bit at France versus Brazil, but uh, uh, just if I could spread, if I can help one person by, you know, warning them about what's possible, especially in the knockout stages, then, yeah, I'll, I'll be happy with that. On to the game and uh, Colombia. I mean, obviously, we're going to start with the opener from Linda Caicedo. And yes, what a goal match. Oh,
1: absolute screamer. Um, I, and <coughs> you know, I'm not a football coach, but I. I feel like the defending wasn't that bad. Like I think I can't remember which German player was winning quite hard, but she just coolly just kind of stepped to the, just like push the ball to the side, touch, touch, and then screamer into the top corner. Just an absolute wonderful goal. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know how you saw it, but yeah, just yeah. I I think that's that's probably goal of the tournament
0: for me at the moment. Yeah. And I, I think that was good defending. You kind of, that's yeah. obviously you don't want to commit too much to either side. So it, the defenders just left that little gap for the curler. The thing is, unfortunately for Germany on that, in this game. Caicedo good enough to find that tiny little gap and then the top yep. corner. It's brilliant also. And yeah, think there's the story going around about uh, Linda Caicedo diagnosed with ovarian cancer at 15. So has been, she's had surgery to remove a tumor. She's had chemotherapy. I think there was also an issue where she collapsed at a training session.
1: Yeah so, last she, week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so she was unconscious apparently for a few minutes. And then she also was down during the the tail end of the game here and was <laughs> sub. So mm. Hopefully, I mean, I'm really hoping it's not some sort of more serious underlying issue or, um, but yeah, that's a little bit concerning because when, and and going back to the game against Korea, she was wonderful there as well. So she's been an absolute star of the tournament and yes, I hope he's hoping that there's, you know, no, you know, serious issue with her health going on.
0: Yeah. And so it was like, the so the Colombian crowds at Sydney for this game was like, you know, the Brazilians in the game against France. And so it was like, yeah, people that have, I know that have been to a lot of games like this were struck just by how loud it was. So, so I suppose some credit must go to the designers of the new Allianz Stadium for, you know, enabling a stadium that can have uh, this kind of atmosphere. But yeah, just, um, I'm also, the way the game goes, um, I was reminded of a saying, <clears throat> I was saying football is a game played between two teams of eleven players. They run around for ninety minutes, and in the end, the Germans win, or at least the Germans break your heart because it looked like that's what was going to happen uh, with the late penalty and Alexan- uh, Alexander Pop just you know deciding uh, when in doubt just like smash it straight down the one, middle and hope yep. to keep it dives out of the way. Like at the best one of the by the way, one of the best ways to annoy your mates when playing FIFA. But it's yeah, it, it, Germany. We thought that was the twist, and then. And then, like, it was nerve-wracking. I mean, oh, one of my mates was talking about the Colombians near him bricking it when <laughs> when uh, uh, Colombia went in front the first time. So who knows what they were feeling like when Alexander Pop equalised. But just, yeah, how about the header? How about the header to win it? And, yeah, just, you know, this this World Cup we've seen, it's good. To, I think it's good to see the gap is closing because uh, everyone would have... Uh, I think everyone would have been... Majority of people would have been backing Germany for this. But, yeah, just... The columbia putting on a really good show and then also to, to continue the continue the nerviness so I've, I've seen the end clip and they signaled six minutes of time added on and end up playing ended up playing 14 so uh get i think we need to get used to that because that won't be the last time we'll see double uh double figures of time added on uh to end to, to end a second half hopefully we see nothing to match the 22 minutes and 40 seconds i saw in the um, intercontinental playoffs, but yeah, just um, yeah. I absolutely they...
1: echo your point about the. It's great to see uh, teams like Colombia. Like, <laughs> I think we all like knew like Colombia had a really mm. strong uh, qualifying campaign from mm. all reports. So, mm. and you know, talented team. But yeah, I had like coming into this tournament, I had Germany as probably my mm. favorite yeah. out of um, all the teams to to go all the way. And you know of course, they're by no means out of it but you know now they're in peril and like they looked like they could have gotten the win but like they it it, it didn't it wasn't an unfair result so I think that's what's really wonderful um that yeah like you said that teams are closing the gap and Germany being you know only there's now what two I think the commentators said there was one game previously where they'd lost a group game. Well, now it's true, and it's thanks to Colombia. And that's uh, and I think the previous one was against Sweden, mm-hmm. so uh, it's just fantastic to see the the breadth and the quality of the women's game expanding. Because if we ex- you know go back to seeing how Haiti played against uh England, and um, yeah, it's, fan- it's been fantastic to see. I think we- there were some concerns that uh the expansion to 32 teams might result in a few Mm -hmm. blowouts but yeah that hasn't really been the case which is has been fantastic
0: yeah and i think those were my concerns as well um as with any tournament um being expanded just um how will what will the disparity be like but i mean there's been some blowouts. we'll get to some of those as well but yeah there i think it's it's great yeah we're getting more surprises and that's what what we want and that's only going to drive interest. Uh, through the tournament as we go on so now I think next up in my little mental run sheet is the conclusion of uh, group a and just it ends up being heartbreak for our friends across the ditch the football ferns nil a nil or draw with switzerland that was not enough uh for new zealand to new zealand to qualify for the knockout stages because norway beat the philippines by six goals nil an unfortunate red card for the philippines there as well and so norway have snuck in uh snuck in there by virtue of goal difference and switzerland have topped the group so yeah uh we had we had send the keeper up a couple of times When New Zealand time. were chasing, Vic Essen won a header as well, and oh, I had that brief mm-hmm. moment: is are we going to see a goalkeeper goal? It looked,
1: it looked like it was heading that way on yes. the TV. I was like, oh no, but it was well wide. Was but wide, uh, yeah. and I think I think there was a there was a shot off the bar as well. If I'm yeah, Jackie Hand wondering. was early. Yeah. On. So like, and I'm just looking at the stats: twelve shots to three in mm-hmm. favor of New Zealand. Mm-hmm. So they really threw their all at it, but um, yeah, disappointing uh yeah switzerland just you know a bit boring switzerland yeah um yeah and yeah that to top the group uh i guess and norway pulling it out so uh <laughs> I'm, I'm sure they'll pull it out just to capitulate again in the knockout rounds yes prove me wrong norway. prove mm. me wrong
0: <laughs> no you are you are not uh, the first person <laughs> to to express that exact sentiment i Perhaps you're not even the first person I've seen whose name begins with M to express that sentiment. <laughs>
1: I must say that I'm, I'm looking at that game stats because I didn't watch this one because we were watching yeah, yeah. Uh, the New Zealand versus Switzerland game. I'm just seeing it. Norway had 31 shots to four. Wow. So I might have to, and possession was 72% to 28. Okay, so they, they very much came out and dominated that game by the looks yeah. of it.
0: At, at the at the last possible moment, they pulled out the kind of performance that we know they're capable of, mm-hmm. uh, the Norwegians. And, yeah, that was – in case anyone is wondering why I followed Ireland through the group stages instead of the Philippines, this is what I was afraid of seeing. And so, yeah, unfortunately, fears realized. But, you know, the Philippines, they did win. They did, did have a World Cup win. They beat New Zealand. And, I mean, you could say that might be the result that's ended up – uh, costing New Zealand a place in the round of 16 because if a point against the Philippines would have been ended up being enough for the Kiwis but yeah just a historic stuff but you know it you know sometimes football is like that it ends it ends uh badly but you know it's a lot of things that uh, the Philippines and the setup there can be proud of uh, for New Zealand I just I mean you know we, have, we have, do feel sympathetic for them I just think as they look to build their program I think Looking more in attack because yeah they did defend well, when they did also score once in three games, which generally does not get you out get you out of the group stage, and so that's something to work on going forward. perhaps varying their attack. I thought when they needed a goal against yeah I may have said that last week when they needed a goal against the Philippines, it was a bit too predictable. Hannah Wilkinson starts central, makes a run out wide. They try to hit her with a longer pass, and it did. The Philippines were relatively com- were pretty comfortable in dealing with that strategy. As for Switzerland. Uh, I mean, it's, I don't know how to put this. It was conservative and you might think risk-free, but it was like the way they kind of just wanted to hold onto the draw. It was so almost conservative to the point that it became a bit riskier because they were inviting the pressure. Mm-hmm. I just said, yeah, I mean, there were one deflection or bouncing in the box laid on and that takes New Zealand that, that would have taken New Zealand in, into the <clears throat> into the knockout stages and it would have actually knocked Switzerland out. So the margins are that fine, but that's how it is in football. And yeah, uh, just, um, it's, I feel like, well, I mean, it's just only going to get tougher because this is the group that crosses over with Spain and Japan, who all, we already know are progressing from Group C. So yeah, that, well, whatever, it, whatever happens, Switzerland, they're going to have to do a lot more defending, I suspect. But... Yeah, I mean,
1: and, and the thing is, we've had those, we've had these upsets of like, well, we've had, like, France play pretty badly in their first game, mm. but they come back against Brazil. So Japan and Spain are playing really well. Mm. Uh, and they're having that crossover. Switzerland are probably, yeah, I mean, you, you whoever know, they end up getting, but then Norway getting either, pretend, probably going to be one of Spain or Japan. Um, yeah, it'll be an interesting crossover, but you would think that 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 other side of the draw, the 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 Japan and Spain side, would be probably happy that that that's that's the mm. the side that they're crossing over with at the moment. I would yeah. say, yeah,
0: and I mean Spain, Japan, because that is a potential semi final if I remember yeah. how the draw works correctly. Because yeah, um all the <clears throat> yeah all the teams based in New Zealand they'll be on one half of the uh, knockout draw, so it's potentially yeah. They could, so yeah, they, they they we could see two Spain versus Japan games this tournament, which would be I mean great for the neutral. Um, so I suppose that's a good enough segue to just uh, just a quick recap of the game. Um, obviously, we're not going to have thoughts on all of these games because we're all very tired by now. But you know, Japan two Costa Rica nil, Spain five Zambia nil. More or less expected. So the two favourites from Group C, um, they're going to be first and second. We we still we just don't know who will be first and who will be second. Neither of them have conceded a goal yet, which is absolutely frightening. Um, also, uh, I don't know if you caught anything of United States one, Netherlands one, but we thought we, we could have had it. A US loss. It. it didn't happen, but
1: yeah. Yeah. It was a, and it was a little bit icy, sort of a bit of pushy shovy going on. Um, and um, Danielle Vanderdonk ended up with a swimming cap on her head hmm. at the end of the game,
0: which was fun. Was that was, that was a head wound? Just to- Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. I think it was a – I'm not sure if it was a head, pretty sure it was a head clash
0: yeah, um, yeah. That, that is um well it's different i mean it's it's a way to um not have any visible blood so just the decided <laughs> kind but of no, no, no.
1: it also keeps that group um does it keep that group potentially a little bit interesting going? oh the... yes so,
0: it does um... because you have um you usa on four points netherlands four points portugal three, and vietnam are out on zero but usa playing portugal usa still at risk and of um, course, heavy favorites against Portugal. But I just remember when I watched Portugal in February, they played some absolutely lovely football against New Zealand. Obviously, it's a much higher standard of opponent, but they can move the ball really well. And so, you know, that's um, there, there's enough there that there's there's plenty there for um, the United States to think about. Well, Holland, you know, I mean, we we've talked about upsets, but obviously, but um, Holland expected winners against Vietnam. So yeah, that's that's going to be a, a tasty pair of games when that comes around. Oh, yeah, and so uh, Portugal two, Vietnam, nil, so yeah, that's expected. And then, ah, uh, yes. um so Friday's games, ooh, China won, Haiti nil. Were you the person that had thoughts on this game?
1: I did. I thought Haiti were really hard done by. Mm-hmm. I thought there were a couple of, well, there was one penalty that the ref gave, and I don't understand why Barr reversed it. Again, I'm not a ref, so I'm happy to be corrected. But the defender like jumped over the back <laughs> of the uh, in the box and hands over the shoulders as well. The ref originally called it as a pen. I, yeah, I'm. But I mean, yeah. So I, I do feel really bad for Haiti. Uh, that would have given them a chance to draw the game, and and I, and I think that would have been a great result for them, and at like a just reward. reward particularly considering their you know performance against England as well in the first game so and but but that said China were down to uh 10 players following a very nasty challenge early in the match um they had one of their players sent off and Haiti weren't able to capitalize on that which you know sometimes happens at, like the team gets a red card and they go very defensive uh and you know if teams can't find that you know, quality to, to break through, but uh, yeah, a, a tough result for Haiti, I think.
0: Mm. Yeah. Uh, tough one. Indeed. I did see, uh did actually see the uh, penalty challenge as well. I, I thought for sure, once that gets a second look, it's going to be a penalty with arms over the shoulders of the mm. uh, defender challenging from behind in the air, but uh, not to be for Haiti. Also another, also England won Denmark nil where um, <clears throat> yeah, England oh, that got that the man? early goal. Yeah. Fun. You were. At the, oh yeah. So um um but i don't know i got a, I had a friend who said you know england looked good to uh, to score the goal and then it was just a lot of passing i don't know if yeah, i agree are- no i agree yeah, it I was it was good
1: fun but i mean they had a lot of possession they but they they can they, they just didn't do anything with it uh they weren't incisive uh after getting that first goal and Denmark had a few really great chances on the counter attack, so they could have been stung. Uh, so I don't know if that's England just in a bit of cruise control, mm. um, ready to turn it on when they when they really need to. Uh, but it seemed, yeah, it did seem a bit wasteful. I think from from England uh, during <clears> the game, the amount of possession and and dominance that they had in the game more generally. But yeah, I think Denmark had a, had a shot off the off the post as well, which you know could have could have really made the game a lot more interesting. But England did hang on, and it was a beautiful Lauren James goal as well. Um, at you know I don't know what minute what it was, but it was fairly early in the game. Um, tough news out of it, which which actually does hopefully isn't as bad as we originally thought it was. Kira Walsh, of course, was went down with an injury that everyone thought from first looks was going to be an ACL, but I think the scans have come back and it's not an ACL. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but that's at least uh, some better than expected news out of that game.
0: Yeah, that uh, I think, you know, basically just, I mean, if you've... Been around women's football for any length of time, you fear the ACL injury just generally. And then, given how many ACL injuries we've had from for top players over the last 12 to 18 months, yeah, even more so. But yeah, good news for Kira, hopefully, um that's not the last of her we see in this tournament. Although it could be if having looked at the draw, we've got England versus China as their final group game. I'm
1: going to that, Denmark so
0: plays Heidi, Denmark plays Haiti, yeah. and yeah, England on six points, China on three, Denmark on three, Haiti on zero. So if China Beat England and Denmark beat Haiti. There's three teams on six points and then chaos. And uh, good luck and to the people is- who understand the tiebreakers.
1: <laughs> and I am going to the England China game and I picked it because, and and I think we heard this. Uh, I think China played Haiti in Adelaide and, then, yep. and that game against England is going to be in Adelaide as well. Hmm. But the China fans are very loud. Um, <clears throat> and I'm England fans, like they haven't been. They've been loud, but not particularly coordinated. So I'm, I picked that game to go to it. I went, I'm going to go to Adelaide. I'm going to watch that game because I knew the China fans would be loud and fun. And I'm really hoping that the English fans can can bring it as well and really make High Marsh rock. So that's my hope for that game.
0: Yes. And um, <clears throat> I think that's very, very smart planning for you. So hopefully it works out the way you, you want it to. Um, I mean, that's not not that you can rigged the draw to get teams in particular venues, unless it's a host nation. But I am annoyed that this game is at hindmarsh because if it's England and China, it would have easily sold out a biggest. Oh, absolutely.
1: absolutely. <laughs> like, yeah. And that, that's and I'm kind of, I, it was one of those ones when the ticket sale came up. It wasn't yeah. originally on my plan. Yeah. And I just happened to look at one of the latest um ticket rounds and went, oh, this ticket's available. I might snap them up. So <laughs> um yes, it it, it absolutely could have sold. Yeah. A much larger stadium.
0: Yeah, and also that's so that's also twice China playing at Hindmarsh, which is a great stadium, but uh, if I'm not going to get me wrong. It's one of the best football stadiums in Australia, but not the biggest. So I mean, in terms of numbers of people watching the game, that's uh, possibly a bit unfortunate. Is this also wait? Is this also the second time England will be at Hindmarsh? Or... No,
1: England were
0: Brisbane and Sydney. Brisbane, Sydney. Okay. So, okay. But yeah, but just, yeah. Also, and also while I'm on these very niche gripes, I think Vietnam being in, I, I, I wish Vietnam had been in Australia, not New Zealand. Yeah, but, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, well. Anyway. um, Hey, at least Australia got Ireland. I suppose I I suppose I can't have everything. Um,
1: And let's not forget that we, uh, I, when did we do it? Did we do it before the, uh, the France-Brazil game? We gave your Denise O'Sullivan tattoo a bit of a lucky
0: yes <laughs> lucky rub <laughs> yeah, <you're>
1: for <forward> <laughs> the island game against nigeria that, that hopefully they can yeah. do us a lovely favour
0: i that i i think we're all on the same page with that although a big warning to my social media followers if if ireland do um, <clears throat> do um, get the job done in such a way that helps um, australia i mean you think i'm unbearable now well it can <laughs> get, it can get worse <laughs>
1: You know what? I I would happily I would happily put up with that
0: (laughs) if it meant a round of sixteen. Yes, yes. (laughs) Oh, we hope to see that. Um. Now onto the pair of Group G games we saw this week. So Argentina, um, with the comeback against South Africa, so breaking South African hearts, and so in Group G they're both on one point and you know staring elimination in the face. Tough scenes, and then the one we and then and then. The game we kind of saw at I think Ivy Blue before uh, France Brazil, where Sweden absolutely tonked Italy by five goals to nil. And set pieces, apparently Sweden, it's like um some versions of football video games where if you put a set piece into the right area, that it looked like it looked like some games I played in the past where if I knew if I put a set piece in the right area, it becomes like a seventy five percent chance of a goal. And just um yeah, Italians uh, couldn't deal with Swedish uh, set pieces and just. Ouch! A big. Also, by the way, I'm thinking of this because uh, we're not we we're not in a position to analyze Sweden versus Italy. But I am just thinking that of all the sporting kit I own, okay, Ireland's out, New Zealand's out, Philippines are out, Australia's in trouble. Italy got smashed by Sweden. Argentina hasn't won a game. Germany lost to Colombia. Excellent. So I'm apparently some kind of curse. <laughs> but- I, I have
1: a, I have a Nigeria kit, so I'm I'm the curse in reverse.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, and then also, oh yeah. Um, what else? Oh, Group F stuff. So yeah, we covered France versus Brazil. So Jamaica beating Panama to have that, to have that wonderful position where they're in, they are in second in the group. At, as things stand, if they can hold on for a draw against Brazil, they're into the knockouts. That would be wonderful. And um, wait. Ah, uh, Bunny Shaw back? back as well. Bunny Shaw yeah. is back as well He'll for the back, game against yeah. Brazil now. Brazil's defense up against Bunny Shaw. Well, um, mm-hmm. I' uh, envious of anyone who has tickets to that because that's a battle really worth seeing in person.
1: So I'm excited.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Matches planning. Look at, the, look no, at no, this. No, i
1: got. I'm like, I'm. I'm, I'm, I'm very tired. I'm, I'm in like the the first bit of my horror stretch, but a horror stretch of watching wonderful football. Oh, yeah. My <clears throat> my sleep and early flights is is. <laughs> that thing that's like not helping at the moment oh, but yes. it's worth it it's worth
0: it. yeah and then um jamaica winning yeah just because of the way they've done the qualifiers where they did the draw they did the draw for the groups before they knew exactly how many teams from each confederation made it so you have that rarity of two teams from the same confederation that aren't that isn't europe done um, playing in the group stages but jamaica winning a derby so to speak against panama um then on to yeah the today's games as of the time of recording yeah we've covered that so just south korea nil, morocco won. so i think the stat came out that's the first um women's world cup win or uh, final tournament win for a uh middle eastern or north african nation So morocco arabic speaking i mean we've i mean not this is not really the i think the right time to delve into the issue properly, but we do know about women in that part of the world, um, you know, not really being allowed to play football, they face a lot more societal challenges in terms of women, building women's sport in that region. So it's great to see um, Morocco, um, you know, building the visibility, giving women someone to aspire to, and, you know, for kind of inspiring, you know, the current generation and the next generations. And also, I don't know if you caught any of this, but uh, I, South Korea just now, I'm now somehow even more annoyed that the that Australia lost to them in the twenty twenty two Asian Cup yeah,
1: yeah.
0: my they just then they don't seem to be offering anything, and it's it's disappointing for Asian football, though. I, I
1: think they can still but then that's you know, I think they can still yeah. actually get through. They're playing Germany, so yeah <clears throat>
0: mathematically, mathematically,
1: but yeah. the fact for the fact that, yeah, that's it's still a possibility possible, yeah. that. but you would yeah. think that yeah, Colombia and Germany are, are looking good to go through.
0: Yeah. Now now you've, you've challenged me to do actual maths. Let's see how quickly I can do it. I'm
1: pretty sure i Korea beat Germany. Four goals. By a- four Germany goals.
0: Get- and have- no, five goals. It's got to be five goals. Anything on, right. un- oh, three-way tiebreaker. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's right, because we are requiring a, fr- okay, that's hey, that, that's too much. But yeah, you're right. It's funny that it is still possible, despite um how I think below expectations Korea Republic have been. Yes. Yeah, so, um, now predictions that given I'm not sure how quickly this will turn around, possibly, uh, possibly, um, not that valuable by the time of, <clears throat> by the time people actually listen to this, but why not? i just, imagine, what do you think is going to happen in the pair of Group B games, um, Canada, Australia, and Ireland, Nigeria?
1: Oh, look, I, I can't do anything but have faith. Yes. Uh, I, like, the Matildas—they're they're going to be filthy. They're going to be filthy with their own performance. Um, we're going to bring it. We're going to be loud. The crowd's going to be amazing. Uh, nice, small, intimate stadium in Melbourne. will hopefully be able to just be. No, let, let's say like, let's. It's it's going to be feral. So mm-hmm. we're going to. It, yeah, yeah. So hopefully that will you know help push them over the line. I think it'll be tough, but. I think it could be absolute scenes. I was actually just thinking and hoping uh that we can get that noise throughout the stadium when we realise that Ireland has scored against Nigeria. Yes. That's I want that scenario. <clears throat> Of of the crowd telling everyone on the field that Ireland are ahead. Um, so that's that's what I want to happen. That's my prediction.
0: So do I. I, I hope to be, be at this be at the start of that um transmission of noise up in up in Brisbane. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just um I don't know, man. Like obviously I I think I, I like, I mean, obviously I think we'd perhaps we'd all like it if it was a little bit less scrapy, but I I'm sticking with my prediction. Ireland win by two goals and Australia get, get, get a scrape it through with a draw, but yeah, just I, come on. Like, you know, I don't know which I, nah, just I'll, my usual prediction. Um, yeah, just Louise Quinn scoring off a set piece. Cause I I really would, she clears so many balls with a head. I'd love, I'd love to see her score one and, you know, would help both Ireland and Australia. So we, we shall, uh, break that down um in the next podcast i just i've got no other actually i feel like uh i feel i've got a reckless prediction uh uh coming up i got this one i i've looked at the group i'm now i'm now going to predict that england are going home after the group stage it's going to work out with china beating england and denmark being haiti in such a way that english england finished third with six points that'd be hilarious
1: (laughs) Well, oh, that would be, that would be very, very funny. Um, yeah. Okay.
0: All right. Yep. And and then I, we can, we can all unbask um, in how wrong I am in <laughs> the next podcast, but um, just briefly. Oh yeah. Let, let's do that. Something that I almost forgot to do last week, but I've got a couple of reminders, Queens, Kings, and emperors of the week. So Madge, have you uh, been able to select someone from all the football you've watched? Oh,
1: look, I'm just going with my most recent memory. I'm going to go with uh, Linda Casado for her stunning goal uh, just a few hours, like an hour or so ago. Um, Goal of the tournament for me so far.
0: Goal of the tournament. And in fact, as we... I might as well, just because I happen to have Optus Sport Facebook in front of me, you know what? I'm going to watch it again and just... Yeah, just I'm just watching the fence. It's... There's... There's no, there's almost no room, but the keyword there for the curler shot, but the keyword there is almost. Yeah. There was like a ball, enough, enough, enough gap between the defenders for a curling ball to find the top corner. It's, it's absolutely brilliant. I could have watched that. Um, dozens and that's of times, and I will.
1: considering that we've had an Olympico as well, like yes. yeah, just beautiful golf.
0: Yep. And, um, yeah, so obviously, um, yeah, there's football other than the World Cup going on. So we won't, we won't do our usual, I think around the ground stuff in NPL but I just wanted to shout out something that happened uh, today as of the time of recording because I'm um, mixing two of my loves NPL New South Wales women's and players scoring against their former clubs so um, RPA uh defender slash midfielder Annie Dachko formerly of Blacktown Spartans scored as RPL came from behind to defeat Spartans 2-1 and you know, maintain their gap at the top of the NPL New South Wales women's table so it's been uh, you know, kind of a bit of challenge it's always a challenge when players have to move in the mid-season NPL transfer window but it's good to see things going well for um, Annie, a player that I've rated uh, for quite a while in the NPL New South Wales scene. She was a regular starter when she was 17. And I think she's, you know, doing, doing great things out on the field there. So um, Annie can be my queen of the week, but uh, do you have anything else to add?
1: Nope. I'm going to get some sleep, and keep on trucking.
0: Very smart decision. So, Oh yeah, so I uh, suppose on behalf of Majella card, this is Eric Sabihano signing off for episode 158 of the Beyond 90 podcast. It's time for all the usual things, wishing you plenty of good vibes, great coffee, sick tattoos and razzlers. And we hope at some point during the tournament you get some decent sleep. See you next time.